This is the Danger Close Podcast, Beyond the Books, with me, Jack Carr. Jack Carr checking in here for the November video update. So let's kick this thing off with some negative reviews. And I'm not sure how long I'm going to keep doing these negative reviews because I don't know how healthy it is uh, to sift through those each and every month to uh, to pick out some of the gems to read and share. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I don't recommend it. If you're a new author or any author uh, or anyone in the creative space, I don't recommend diving too deep into any of the reviews, good or bad. Um, I know it's a, it's a curiosity, that's for sure. But uh, to spend too much time in those negative reviews uh, at a time when you have no idea who the person is that's writing it or why they're spending so much time focused on something negative when they could be uh, allocating their bandwidth to something positive and moving themselves and their life forward. I mean, who knows? But uh, point being, don't recommend spending time in the negative reviews, dwelling on it or letting them get you down, uh, you can control that piece by not looking. But sometimes it's kind of fun to, to go through and uh, and share a little bit uh, with you about what some other people feel about uh, about my writing, just how it goes. So here, here we go. Let's kick this thing off. All right. Ah, Nikki, I'm guessing this is female. I was completely thrown off by the main character losing his wife, who he adored, he did, in a gruesome murder and then becoming attracted to a woman journalist, female journalist, uh, almost right away. W-T-H. I just couldn't get past it. And uh, understood. Um, it wasn't right away. I mean, I, there's a couple of chapters in between, uh, but point taken. Let's see. Here we go. Amazon customer. Uh, first used book here. So it's the first time they're buying a used book on Amazon showed up with chocolate between the cover and the book. Got two stars for this one. Let's see. Book had chocolate on the bottom half, on all sides, but mostly along the spine. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed eating most of the chocolate. <laughs> Curious to know what kind of chocolate it was. Excited to have the book though. Oh, thanks for the two star there. <laughs> all right. Here's another one. One star save your money. I got about halfway through this book before I gave up. A lot of people giving up these days. Something I rarely do. Well, that's that's good that it's rare, a rare occurrence. Page after page about guns and what they do is not my thing. Yeah, don't get any more of my books. After about half of the book, I couldn't figure out the plot or what was going on. Yeah, not for everybody. If you're into guns, maybe you'll like this book but it made no sense to me. <laughs> yep, not for you. All right, here's another one. One star. Waste. I should have spent my time watching paint dry. Would have been time better spent. This drag on and no going nowhere for page after page. Gave up. A lot of this giving up going around. Hey, you got to stick to it, man. We're Americans here. All right, here's another one. Conclusion. First book needed some work, but made me excited about reading the second book. That's good. Second book, the type of book I could happily read again. That's great. I was a true believer. Third book, Savage Son. Should probably sue the author for time wasted that I won't get back. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm guessing that you stuck through it to the end. So um, well done. All right. Here we go. Another one here from Amazon. Do not read all in capital exclamation points. Three exclamation points. 
This book sucks. Super disappointed. I pre-ordered because I couldn't stop reading the other books in this series. I have been trying to get through it for weeks. Too bad I had hopes for this author. No punctuation in this. It makes me think that, uh, is this Christopher Walken? Did you do this? I don't think so, because I know Christopher Walken would like these books. So uh, yeah, one star. <laughs> no punctuation. All right. Uh, let's see. Oh, this was the last one. I'll go put that where... There it goes. All right. Here's, these, a couple of these are long now. Um, here we go. I don't know that I like former Navy SEALs writing fiction. I'll leave it at that. I'm a pacifist by conviction, but I do enjoy a good fictional thriller. Thought I'd give Carr a shot, and well, other authors have commented on his accuracy and realism, and if it's true, I redouble my commitment to pacifism. <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. Carr waxes eloquent about how the men who signed up to fight after the towers, after the towers fell, I think he means, um, were the kind of men who knew where to sit on airplanes to best protect others. It's weird. Violent patriotism. Yes. Um, well, uh, I guess it's a good thing that there are people out there that uh, want to protect you. Plot and character development take a backseat to action, preferably violent. Carr attempts to organically weave in past storylines, but to middling effect. I ended up reading a bunch of reviews of books one through three in order to understand how we got to book four. Interesting way to go about it. Uh, you could start at book one. Usually thrillers like this are able to function as a standalone. I wouldn't say this is the case for The Devil's Hand. Good point. I recommend people start at the beginning and then work up. It's probably better reader reading experience that way, more fulfilling. Um, all right. What plot there is, the president hires a mercenary, is so over the top that it makes Chuck Norris films look realistic. Nice. But I guess that's what this is. It's an 80s action movie in 2020s clothing. It's a pretty good song, a pretty good line. It has its place, I guess, but I'd rather just go read Rambo again. Interesting that, that you like Rambo as a pacifist. Um, which doesn't surprise me, actually, if you've read the first novel, First Blood, written in 1972, never out of print, coming up on, in 2022, 50 years of never having been out of print. So I'm going to take this one as a compliment uh, to read Rambo again. Any comparison there? Thumbs up. Rambo is one of those characters. I think it's Rambo, Tarzan, and Sherlock Holmes, who are the three most recognizable names in all of literature. So that's pretty good. So uh, thanks for spending the time. Okay, here's another one. This one was mean. Gosh, wow. That's, and they took some time with it too. I really wanted to like this effort by Jack Carr. His previous presentations were no doubt intriguing and well-received books, telling the tall tales of a unique lead character, James Reese. Having recommended Carr's library to many friends over the years, I and my clubs we're excited to read this large fourth offering of the well-liked James Reese. All right, starting pretty good. Oh, then we get to this, and it has quotation marks here. Can you tell me this story gets better? I am in pay on page 206, and I want to burn it, was the message received from my friend who had started the book the day after I did. I replied with, quotation marks, keep reading. It gets worse. Trust me, it is really bad the further you get. Okay. Um, you might be two that should quit early on. This book is the worst book I have read in two years. Ah, well, just two years. I wonder what that 
one was before this. The story is amateurish. The characters are under and overdeveloped. I just can't win with some people in ways I did not know were possible. If the story, the story, if summarized, is absolutely absurd, just absurd. I am guessing when the publishers received this book from the author, they read it, rolled their eyes, and said, Well, I guess, misspelled, we can sell it, but the people are not going to like it. I would guess his first three books were 1,000 pages. You would be wrong. And the publisher pulled back to a readable novel. This book feels like it was delivered at 600 pages and they left them all in. Um, well, your guesses are wrong. <laughs> but thanks for taking the time to write that. Okay, this one, look at how long this one is. I mean, and this one is crazy. I can't figure out if this is a good review or a bad review. There's good stuff in here. There's bad stuff in here. But you know what? This one is really well written. Um, this person who wrote this, I would, I mean, I don't know who you are, but uh, you should probably write a book or become a actual professional uh, critic or something because it's, it's actually really well done, uh, really well written. I mean, I don't like some of it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> so here we go. Jack Carr lives, as we all do, in the shadow of the master, Tom Clancy. He puts a twist on the formula. Yes, he describes how things work, guns, bombs, diseases, Yes, he writes complicated techno-thrillers. Really, no one called him a techno-thriller before, but, you know, I'll take it. Yes, he is conservative. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> but he is also a sponsored social media tactic cool influencer, whatever, whatever that is. Um, but what's interesting about that is that uh, the only sponsors are on the podcast, and all the first four books were written before the podcast. So, um, so yeah, it would probably happen the opposite way that this person thinks it did. Um, anyway, regardless, his resume is his sales pitch, ex Navy SEAL sniper, big game hunter, land Rover owner. It's a land cruiser owner, but okay. Father, husband, son, Patriot, the tier one beard. Thank you. And EDC hatchet, everyday carry hatchet are his calling cards. He's not a businessman. He is a business, comma, man. Gosh, this is pretty clever. He writes books with the vibe of a high snobriety.com style guide, a shopping lift of lifestyle brands and high-speed low-dag equipment manufacturers, manufacturers vertically integrated into the retail ecosystem of the discerning upper-middle-class right-wing consumer. Gosh, what a sentence. That's crazy. Possible that I just like gear. But uh, here we go. The target audiences for his art are people who like action, sure, and people who like the military, and people who like capital C conservative politics, though not necessarily the Republican politicians who embody those politics. But those audiences are secondary. Hmm. Jack Carr writes books first and foremost for the type of guy who self describes as a gear guy. I love it. Interesting. He loves it. Tom Clancy <laughs> captured the wallets of 80s America by writing dad vibe violence chic for the spec sheet nerds and Jane guides owners in all of us. I mean, seriously, this person should be a critic. Maybe they are. Everybody's a critic, they say, but this guy should get paid for it. This is really good. Jack Carr found his niche appealing to our inner gun porn. 
Having done his revenge as origin story, take on Without Remorse, the terminal list, soon to be a prestige Amazon web series. Jack now does what is essentially a stripped-down remake of Clancy's encyclopedic late-period magnum opus, executive orders, a driven president, a country recovering from a disaster, Ebola, Iran, emerging powers, and contract tracing, contact tracing, domestic unrest, and military maneuvers. Carr seems to operate at his peak when he's inspired. His extended fourth-act homage to the most dangerous game in the last installment of his James Reese series, Savage Son, was at that time the best thing he'd written yet. Thank you. The Terminalist and its heavily Clancy indebted sequel, True Believer, both sucked. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best sentence, but, you know, maybe you'd have an editor that would work on that a little bit. But, you know, it's funny. But Carr has been getting better at writing this sort of book. Thank you. Savage Sun turned some sort of corner. It wasn't bad. The Devil's Hand is better. Thank you. This thing... Well written here. As, in, as is increasingly the case with James Reese novels, Carr starts the book slow, Clancy again. He seems eager to lose track of the plot early in a tangle of minor characters, historical contents, context, uh, digressive subplots, and technical info dumps. Big chunks of the book early and late are given over to extended blog post political manifestos. This is where Carr leaves his elders behind. This is where you got to give Carr credit. He innovates into the contemporary. Jack Carr writes books for today. Man, gosh, I can't tell if I love this or hate it. I do love the writing. Very good. The world of the devil's hand is hypercurrent. America has just recovered from COVID-19. We are still shaken by the Trump presidency. Antifa gets co-billing with the Ayatollahs. The politics of the 90s are insufficient to the moment. So there are no lengthy speeches by Jack Ryan. No discussions of tax policy or Cold War real politic. There are some conservative uh, constitutional lawyering. The founding document is God's gospel after all, but it feels functionary, which is, I guess, realism. That violence was always going to happen, man. Principle is the relative to process. Legality is a veneer on the inevitable. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. You see, unlike Clancy's stodgy Reagan-era conservatism, I mean, uh, Carr is a libertarian, neo-populist sort. He likes cops, but he also likes the Second Amendment and his God-given right to not be bothered truth. He likes the military and spies, but he hates surveillance and corrupt bureaucracy. Hmm. He agrees with Republican Party policy, but despises Republican Party politicians. He knows too many facts about history and politics to be idealistic, but his ideology requires a measure of naivete to smooth over its internal inconsistencies. Come on. That is a good stuff right there. Man, if you, whoever this is, if you're listening to this, you need to take the next step and write something and submit it. Get an agent. Go to work for a newspaper, a magazine. At least come up with a blog or something. A major subplot of the book is explicitly staged like one of those Federalist articles that purport to be advice from a conservative, from conservative to liberals. This is how you win. Be exactly like me, but nicer. <laughs> I don't know whether it was sincere. I can't tell. It reads like wish fulfillment. What if there was a Democrat who didn't care about culture war? What if he liked the troops and tax breaks? What if in addition to social security and limited Medicare expansion, he was also into assassination? <laughs> modern problems require modern solutions. These sections are the thematic spine of the novel, but they drag. 
Sorry. Car makes up for it, though. Oh, cool. While the ending is anticlimactic, uh, last half of the devil's hand moves like a freight train. Gunfights on gunfights on knife fights on riots, featuring several of the striking images that Carr has become an expert at conjuring. Perhaps the best one. A guy in a hazmat suit with a SIG pistol walks up an empty suburban street, fluttering curtains, fast food wrappers rolling across the asphalt like tumbleweeds, a gunfighter going to war with the plague itself. That is a fantastic sentence. Bravo. I mean, that's really good. Carr shines with the action. He loves to stage a fight from multiple perspectives, splitting up the beats across time and replaying them, this time in slow motion, this time over night vision, this time in a mission debrief. He revels in the description of violence. This book has the genre requisite, insanely brutal torture sequence. And boy, is that a thing I absolutely read? Yes, sir. <laughs> he likes to describe a tactic and then show his characters using it later. He likes to reference things you've heard before, like get off the X. Slow is smooth. Smooth is fast. Tap, rack, bang. <laughs> Which is kind of how the whole book works. It's specifically for people in a demographic. If you know, you know. You might not like the whole thing. You will see its flaws and you will roll your eyes, maybe at its excesses. But it's for you. You asked for this. It's fast food. It's crack. It's a scratched itch. You will be satisfied. I love this. <laughs> if you don't know, well, it's in the lineage of Clancy, after all. Wait for the TV show. That's so good. I mean, <laughs> well done. And yeah, that TV show is coming sometime. And uh, it's pretty dang good. Oh, in post-production right now. But uh, hey, whoever you are, if you see this or listen to it or whatever, um, well done. Barry, you are extremely talented. Awesome. November reading list. So I want to do something a little different with the November reading list because I get a question all the time and I get the, what is your favorite book? What are your top five favorite books? Uh, and I don't really like to talk about things in terms of favorites, especially when they are subjective um, because it's, uh, I don't know, just, I don't know, I've never really described things that way. Uh, I look, there's so many books out there. My library here, it's in front of me. You can't really Obviously, you can't see it, but uh, there's a lot of books in there, and so many of them have been impactful. So what I decided to do is, and I've talked about them before, but I've talked about them individually, So, and they've all been on past reading lists, but I'm going to choose my top most impactful books, my top most recommended books, my top most gifted books, um, and so I decided to pick those. And even though they've already been on reading lists in the past, now there's a one-stop shop, the November 2021 reading list selections. So um, they are my most recommended books, probably the most impactful. Um, I kept thrillers. I didn't include thrillers on this list because I'm going to do a separate one of like my uh, top 10 most impactful thrillers um, just on me. And a lot of that's going to have to do with when you grew up, when you read these certain books, that sort of a thing. So luckily I've been a reader my entire life. My mom was a librarian. So I grew up surrounded by books and a love of reading. My dad encouraged me to read at every opportunity. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I grew up in a house that placed such an emphasis on, uh, on reading and, and its importance and made it a natural part of our lives. So, uh, so these right here are the most impactful books, probably, um, not to include thrillers, which I'll do probably in 2022 at some point, but uh, right here. They'd also make great 
gifts for Christmas for someone in say uh, junior high, maybe depending on their their reading level. Definitely high school for sure, college for sure, the post college years. And hey, if you're 40, 50, 60, and been out of college for a little bit and you haven't read these, guess what? You can get started today. Uh, Officialjetcar.com. You can check out a little more while I have a blurb written about each one of these, how it impacted me uh, as an author, combat leader. Um, and if you want to get them, you can click right there and, and get one. So um, yeah, highly recommend you go and check that out. Once a month, I do these reading lists and I post them to the blog section of officialjetcar.com. So here we go. Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged. So if you haven't read this, read it. Stop what you're doing. Stop. You can probably stop what you're doing right now. Don't even watch the end of the video. Just go to officialjackcar.com, check it out. Maybe you just want to make sure, then click, get it, read it. Um, I think there's probably an audiobook version too. I've never listened to an audiobook um, version of this, but uh, but reading it um, has been so impactful. And I bet I haven't read it in a number of years, but I need to read it again uh, because I can only imagine um, how relevant it is today, even though it was written. Uh, couple of years back. But uh, yeah, Ayn Rand. And this is the, other than the Bible, I believe this is the um, best world's best-selling book. Uh, although this generation doesn't really know much about it, but back back in the day, this was serious business. Um, Ayn Rand, an incredible woman. Uh, check out her background as well. Uh, but I always, I, and so I have two here, the Fountainhead, Fountainhead written first, Atlas Shrugged, written after that. And I like to ask people which one was there the most impactful or which one made the most impact on them. And a lot of times it's whichever one the person read first. And I read Atlas Shrugged first, even though it came out after Fountainhead. Um, but uh, I wonder if I had read the Fountainhead first, if that would be the one that left more of an impact. Um, so if you're going to choose between the two, and I'm biased just because I read Atlas Shrugged first, and I think Ayn Rand even uh, describes it as a, uh, I don't know, a more, more robust explanation in a novel form of her uh, theory of objectivism. So philosophy of objectivism, if you will. Um, regardless, read them both. Um, and if, yeah, they also double as, uh, as weapons. You can tell they're pretty thick. You can uh, knock somebody over the head with it or use it as uh, use them as a doorstop if, uh, if need be. So dual purpose right there. So definitely read those. Uh, the Winds of War and War and Remembrance. So these are companion reads. Uh, and if you read the first one, you, uh, you will definitely move on to the second one. If you, uh, if you grew up in the 80s, in uh, the, uh, the heyday of the TV miniseries, you'll remember uh, War and Remembrance. You'll remember The Winds of War and what a big deal it was for these to come to network television. But uh, they're historical fiction. So you're seeing World War II uh, through the eyes of different characters, in particular a family. Um, but uh, you learn so much about World War II, uh, about, about history, but it's humanized because you're reading about it through the eyes of these characters who you can identify with. Um, and yeah, masterful work. Uh, once again, Winds of War, War and Remembrance, Herman Woke. Uh, he, he passed away like with two years now. Um, and yeah, amazing. Read these, 
if you have not. And once again, great gifts uh, for kids in junior high, high school for sure, college for sure. Um, great gifts for them. They can put down the, uh, the iPad, the iPhone, all that sort of a thing and get into the pages of these novels. They'll also get a little bit of an appreciation or a little more appreciation uh, for what was sacrificed so that we can have the freedoms and the options and opportunities that we do today. So uh, Herman Wolk, Winds of War, War and Remembrance. Yep. Required reading. And then here we go. Probably the most impactful book um, that I've read as a uh, combat leader, uh, as, uh, as an author, is, uh, is Once an Eagle by Anton Meyer. And this one is special because uh, it was given to me by a Vietnam-era Special Forces sniper who wrote something very uh, impactful uh, and, and emotional in, uh, in the cover for me, uh, as I was starting my, my journey in the profession of arms. And, uh, this book is incredible. Once again, it's pretty thick. You got to commit, but, uh, I in turn passed this book on to leaders coming up in the SEAL teams. And what I would do is in the front cover, I would write a letter and it would frame why I was giving them this book. And it's really, it's historical fiction once again, and it follows two guys from right before World War I up to Vietnam. And it's really a case study in leadership. And it's one officer and then enlisted guy who gets a battlefield commission in World War II, and their careers parallel each other as they go with the politician officer just always slightly ahead of Sam Damon, the battlefield leader. And uh, anyway, it's an incredible book. Highly recommend it. Uh, the earlier you can read this, the better. Junior high, high school for sure. Uh, college. If you haven't read it though, and you're a little older, nothing. Yeah, start today. Um, and then after, so in that letter that I'd put in the front, then at the end I tell them, hey, there's a second letter, and that second letter is in the back. And to get to that second letter, they have to read the entire book, and it's sealed. The letter in the back is sealed. They have to read the entire book, and then they get my take on what they just read. And I didn't want to put that in the initial letter uh, as I was framing what, uh, why I was giving them this book. Uh, I didn't want to pollute their reading experience with my interpretation of what they had just read or what they were about to read, I should say. Um, so anyway, it's special. This book's special for a lot of reasons. It's on, I think, every military reading list from 1968 forward. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure it's on some today, although they're or a couple of books getting bumped off, I think, for some some new books if you've been following the news. But uh, Once an Eagle has its place forever on all military reading lists. But not just that, just books, uh, leadership, uh, just being, a, and leadership is something that is not just a business or uh, military or whatever else. Uh, you can lead yourself, whatever your sphere of influence is, whether it's you and a spouse, whether it's you and spouse and kids, uh, you spouse and neighbors, whether it's, uh, you know, followers on social media these days, whatever it is, um, leadership is, uh, an integral part of our lives. And once an Eagle will, uh, will definitely enrich your life. Um, no doubt about that. So anyway, once an Eagle, bam, that is the five probably most recommended, most impactful books that, uh, that I have read. That is the November reading list. And I think that's most everything. So you can follow me, Jack Carr USA on the social channels, go to officialjackcar.com for a little more on these books. There's some other blog postings on there, information about the novels, that sort of thing. You can click over to Jack Carr USA from there as well and go to the merch. And if you want to counter 
some of the uh, reviews, especially that chocolate one, the one with the chocolate on the binding and on the pages and all that that gave me a two-star for his used book showing up with uh, chocolate all over it. If you want to counter that one in particular, uh, go to, uh, to Amazon or review, review books and uh, leave a five-star. And you can do that for any of your favorite authors. Uh, we would all appreciate that. It means so much that you would take the time to leave something uh, positive. So um, sincerely appreciate all that support. So that's November. Awesome. Hey, take care out there. Be strong, stay safe, keep fighting. In case you missed it, on a recent episode of Danger Close, an Ironclad original, Jack Carr sat down with former presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard. Set aside all the labels, mm. you know, oh, well, because I've been getting asked this a lot, like, well, are you left or are you right? Are you progressive or are you conservative? What are box you... do you fit in? Which exactly, box do you check? Completely. Are you an enemy or <laughs> right, right. An How, Like, what filter should I use when I'm looking at you? And, like, I've always been an independent-minded person. Mm. Always. Be sure to check out the full interview wherever you get your podcasts.